Welcome to the Hook and Ladder Podcast 2020-2021 Season in Review with Colin O'Donnell. I'm Justin Santu. Colin, how you doing? What's up? What's new? Good. Sad, sad to be the end of the season, but uh, I think we got a really good podcast here for you guys. We do. So, your interview, we're going to look back at our, our best calls, our worst calls, some terrible beats, some miracle covers. We're going we're gonna to dive into all of it, some of our opinions on uh, who were some of the surprise teams of the year, um, who were some of the most disappointing teams of the year, uh, some of the best games, some of the most surprising games. So we're really going to dig into it. We've got a whole list of topics. We're going we're gonna to kind of go rapid fire, explain ourselves um, as the show goes on. But we're going to start with the national championship game as if there was any doubt from the beginning of the season – Till now, Alabama national champions. Uh, what do you think? Were you surprised at all that they destroyed Ohio State? It was weird. This may be the first national championship game we haven't seen together in a long time. Just saying. Yeah. It right? was, yeah. I mean, like, I wasn't that surprised. Yeah. I definitely could have seen it coming. I think the lack of pressure Ohio State was able to get and just – Kind of like they're like they got blown out. The fact that they got blown out after that performance against Clemson, yeah, I thought was interesting because I thought after they put up that performance on against Clemson, they like we had talked all season about Ohio State. I didn't think Ohio State was that good. They hadn't looked that good, but then Justin Fields, Olave, the defense—they all come together for one game where they fucking dog Clemson, mm-hmm. and you think they're gonna ride that momentum into the championship game, and no, they got. They, they put all their horses on it. They, they built it up. They had a big-ass sign in the locker room of the score of the Clemson game last year. And they played that game like it was a championship game. Yep. Except Alabama, that wasn't the championship game. <laughs> this was the championship game. And uh, when you face a coach like Nick Saban, you better be ready. Dude, that's such a good point because I was, I was thinking the same thing. I was like, as the game started to unfold, and I hedged. I, I, I mean, I didn't really – I hedged to, to make a profit. Um in hindsight, I wish I hadn't, but whatever. I was thinking the same thing as the game unfolded. Ohio State had Clemson circled from the beginning of the season. Clemson was their target, and they beat Clemson. That was their peak, as you said. Yeah. They were not – it was not the same Ohio State team playing Clemson, playing Alabama. Like, they were not in the same headspace. And you could just tell that everything that Alabama worked for all season was building towards that moment. They were un. Real and I don't so so I don't know. Um, there was one play, one play design that Sarkeesian had drawn up, which Sarkeesian man, he's a genius. But insane. So there, there was this. I've never seen this before. So you know how like sometimes you'll run a bubble screen and leak a guy out deep, and it's kind of like a pump and, and go. So you've got like the bubble screen, the, the screen option short, and you got somebody straightened downfield, yes. right? And you can pump, pump and then yeah. And then, yeah. So Alabama did that with three levels. Oh, oh, was I, it was? Yeah, 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 yeah. So I, that was insane. insane. That, was, that was a touchdown, wasn't it? It was. I think they ran it multiple times, every time for a success. Well, one definitely for a touchdown. They had somebody do. Well, and it was already. It was not. It was unbelievable. It was obviously. He, he, you have the, you had the handoff. You can pull it. You can throw it out for the wide receiver. You got on the screen. You got Devontae Smith deep, and then you, you know, got It's like cutting across the middle, and you're like, how? How, how do you defend that? You know, another thing we just have to mention. Yeah. How about that Notre Dame defense? So, I knew you were going to say this. There's not a chance in hell Alabama gave 
more than 25% of the playbook in that game. That is not true. You can look at it. They, no. they run the same stuff every game. Watch the game. Watch the replay. It's a small victories. It is. It is. You know, it's a, It's the same thing every year. comes down to it. Their name, the end of the year, they go, see, look, we weren't that bad. And it's true. Like, the defense, if you watch that game, they ran the same. Like, one of the, one of the plays, Notre Dame stopped. You say Alabama stopped the play. One of the reasons they got to stop was they blew up a double reverse. Like, you run in the double reverse. Is that really yeah. – is that really – Bland vanilla play call. Yeah. They run the same stuff, and they run. The thing is, like, I feel all like their play designs are not that difficult. It's just that they all have the levels pumping. Yeah, 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 that is, I've never seen that before in a college football. I've never. Well, seen they, 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 they run. They run that RPO action all the time. I they they hit us with a, for a touchdown. Devontae Smith. You see the handoff, and you go, okay, we got to stop that. And then all of a sudden, you throw it to Smith, who's got like two yards on his yep. on the quarterback. And you're like, okay, we've got a safety over middle. But the thing yeah, is, Devontae right. Smith is too fast. Yeah, so I don't understand the the schematic differences between Alabama on offense and Ohio State on defense were so large because there there should never be a circumstance when the linebacker is yeah, yeah, defending yeah, Devontae Smith. Ridiculous. That should never, ever happen. You see him? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's like, that's like Santoop on me. I mean, sh- probably. I mean, if you wanted to run deep, I think you can oil. I'm not going to deny that. Um, I just – I don't understand how that – I didn't feel like Ohio State was nearly as ready to play for as Alabama. And I think – I don't know how to, like, describe it. I almost think that if Ohio State had played Alabama in the first game, in the semifinal, it would have been a better game. Well, because Ohio State still was trying to get to the Clemson rematch. You know what is – Interesting, and so there's this there's this post on the Notre Dame forum after Notre Dame lost to Clemson, and Notre Dame lost to Alabama, and Ohio State blew out um, Clemson. Mm-hmm. And this guy is talking about he's like it's funny how quickly the narrative changes. He says this is probably unrealistic, but he says playing ten games with everybody health, healthy, Alabama and Clemson are a wash. Notre Dame beats Ohio State six out of seven times, and Clemson and Bama beat Ohio State eight out of nine times. And he goes over it, and the whole forum's clowning him because it's right after this game. And he and he goes over it, and this is this is what he says. So yeah, let me let me let me pull it up. So they, there's four there's four touchdowns against Ohio State has on Clemson, and his point is basically that on these. Four touchdown passes. If they were played ten times, it would have been incomplete or intercepted about eight or nine times. And he's saying that, in his opinion, watching this Clemson Ohio State game, that Ohio State won these matchups and won the coin flips way more often than they should have, and that's what led them to the blowout win over Clemson. And that's interesting. And then what also is interesting is. The fact that Ohio State built up to that game, that like Clemson was their Super Bowl, mm-hmm. and then the other factor is how much of it, how big of an impact was not having your offensive coordinator for that game for Clemson? Because when you look at this, I if if you give me Clemson versus Alabama, I doubt it's a blowout like this. I very much doubt it. I don't know. 
I, 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 I think so. I think I think part of what happened in in the semifinal game was Clemson played maybe a D game and Ohio State played their A plus game. Yes. And then in the national championship game, I think Alabama played pretty close to an yeah, A game. Yeah. I think mean, they played an A plus game, but they definitely played pretty and, close and to an Ohio A game. State Ohio State played a. Played well, actually, they played. They played about how they normally. They they outside of the Clemson game, when did Ohio State look like like um, a like a machine? Yeah. Yeah, like, like like last year, right? When, That's a good point. When Ohio State lost to Clemson, the entire year we were hyping up Ohio State because Ohio State looked like a machine in every game. They beat Cincinnati forty-two to zero. Yeah, that Cincinnati team was a good team. Right. Like they looked like a machine last year. They did not look like a machine this year. Yeah. And it seems like they had one game where maybe everything, all the breaks, kind of went their way, and they were just really hyped up for it. Yeah. And then it, like, so I I don't know I. I... I think, that's that's interesting. That, I think it's interesting. I think it's also a little bit of a. I think it's a little far fetched the other direction. Like I think everything clicked for Ohio State, but I, I don't think like if you if we know that result between Ohio State and Clemson, Ohio State wins forty nine twenty eight, and let's say that happens September twenty third, and the teams play again, I think the line is probably close to a pick 'em. Maybe even Clemson's still favored, which is because yeah. I'm not convinced that Ohio State is definitely a better team than Clemson. But I don't think Ohio State should have been a touchdown dog because I actually think on paper, if, if you went back to the very beginning of the season yeah. before anything, everybody in Alabama was number three and Clemson Clemson was number one, but it was almost like Clemson was one and Ohio State was like 1A and then Alabama was but two. Was, was, was a thing in that, I, I, at least I think, was a lot of people like going into the season, it was a two-man race for the Heisman. Right. It was Lawrence and Fields. Yes. And... Lawrence played pretty well throughout the entire season, but he had COVID and like he missed the biggest game of the season, so he missed his showcase. Yep. Fields never looked like a Heisman candidate the entire year except for this one game. Right. So was this like the second quarter against Rutgers is really good though. <laughs> was, this, was this was this Fields like just coming out and having like the game? Fields of, played the game of his life. Yes, he yes. did. Sure. But we've seen Trevor Lawrence also play. Trevor Lawrence against Alabama a couple years ago was the game of his life. Like, we've seen. Yes, but the thing is, there isn't that big of a drop-off between the game of Trevor Lawrence's life yeah. and his average game when he goes out and he beats Virginia Tech by 30. Yeah. When, like, that's when, when Fields is throwing three picks against Northwestern, that's a very big drop-off than throwing six point. touchdowns against Clemson. That's a good point. Like he he threw in a double coverage a lot, and they just they won the they won the jump balls. Yeah, I mean, look, we knew Alabama did a great job of getting in front early to make Ohio State one dimensional. Because the reason why Ohio State's offense really clicked against Clemson was because they were so effective running the football. And well, I mean, they also lost. We we got to mention that they did lose Trey Sermon. Yeah, but I mean, if you yeah, I mean, I I don't think it's that big of a deal. But I, I I know there's definitely Ohio State fans are like. I mean, they can say that now, but Master T was... Yeah, I, 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 I agree, but I think it was important to mention. Yeah, that's fair, but... Ohio State was got behind Clemson, got behind Alabama early, and they had to throw the football. When we've seen Ohio State's offense at its best, it's when they were using the run game and fields in the run game to open everything else up. Yeah. Alabama did a great job of getting in front early. They did, but uh, they did try to use Fields in the run game. He 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 scampered for that one touchdown. Yeah, right? he, was, yeah, he was a little banged up though. You yeah. can tell. If you at, look, in my opinion, Ohio State got in trouble because they were 
First of all, also, I mean, let's, they, they were missing their two best players on the D-line, not just two starters like they were last time. They were all missing their two best players on the D-line, which hurt in the run game. And hurt in the pressure. They didn't get any pressure yeah, on no Jones. Like, they, they, they ate Trevor Lawrence a lot. Which Alabama's got the best out. Alabama's had one of the best offensive lines in college football all season long, even yeah. without what, what was the, the center's name? Uh, Landon Dickerson. Dickerson. Um, even without him, they still. I mean, they're these guys. You see, you see him come in at the end. Yeah, that was kind of that was cool. Snap to, to and snap makes makes Saban feel human. Um, I, I think, I think what it comes down to is Saban is a the better goat. coach than Ryan. Saban's the goat. He is. He's a better coach than Ryan Day. One, um, and two, I think Alabama was just more prepared for the moment. They had a better game plan they were schemed better like their players seemed like they wanted it more like i think here's all right go ahead here's what i want to ask if this game is played 10 times how many times does ohio state win two i i I would i would agree with that i think one to two times game i would before the game before i saw what happened on the field i probably would have said between three and four times i yeah i think i would say around four yeah but you look at this and that makes me want. That goes back to when the poster quote is: if Clemson and Ohio State play, how many times is each? I think Clemson wins six, seven times. I would say more like five. Yeah, five or six. But like, I agree. Ohio State's not head and shoulders better than Clemson. Yeah, and like the thing is, there, that was one game where Ohio State just played lights out, and I think that flipped a lot of people's perception going into that game. There was a reason I was heavy on Clemson. Right. It's because Ohio State looked like garbage all year. Right, which is why I was on Ohio State. Um, I think thinking back and thinking back from a gambling perspective. Well, it's like it's all about percentages. Is the, that's why that's why the average gambler gets beat is because when you look at one game, you go, oh, this they won that game by 20. But in reality, right. it's very it's like a 50-50 shot. One of those balls are picked off and they, they win by seven yeah. or they lose. Like, yeah, and that changes your perception. Yeah, there's such a – yeah. That's why that's, that's why Vegas is good is because they they get the percentages down. That's well, gambling is all about percentages. I think in hindsight, though, if we were thinking the way to think about betting that game is we should have looked more into the fact that Alabama's mission was to win the national championship. Even Notre Dame was just a step. Yeah, Ohio State's mission was to get revenge on Clemson. Yes, and I think that's an angle that. I never thought that's, of that's it because you think that the college, the national championship game is enough motivation. Yeah. It's a national championship game, but you but you plan for it. It's right. like it's like when I told you about um, Mississippi State blowing out LSU in Ed Orgeron's first year. Remember when I was yes. going on this rant? Yes. And yes. Dan Mullen yep. goes out yep. and he says, "We have this game circled." Ohio State had Clemson yep. circled. They didn't have Alabama circled. Yep. They game planned all around Clemson. They thought, how do we beat them? we got to get pressure on Lawrence. That's how we're going to win this game. Yeah. And we're going to run the ball on them. And they did. Um, I think, yeah, I think Alabama, though, I think Alabama proved beyond, like, there's no doubt. Reasonable doubt that they're the best team. That yeah. they are the best team in college football. And I'm happy that they won the national championship, not just, you know, financially, but – I'm happy for Nick Saban. I'm not happy for Nick Saban. I think there. I think I'm not happy for for any Alabama fan. You guys are spoiled as all hell. Okay, let me let me just say this though. There's been a a feeling over the last few years that Saban's been losing his juice and that Dabo is the new the new guy. And clearly, clearly that was. You know what's going to happen is next year. 
You think Dabo? You think it's a Clemson year? I mean, it's it's that's two years in a row Dabo hasn't won it. It's a Clemson year. Seems like a Clemson year. <laughs> we'll see. I mean, I, I mean, you look. Have you looked at the teams? Next year might be the most parity. Yes, I in, agree with in that. college football in a long time. Yeah, there there is not like Alabama loses a ton. Yep. Clemson is losing a ton. Ohio State loses. A Ohio ton. State loses almost everybody. And like the teams that are like that are second best, kind of Georgia. keep, Georgia's keeping a lot. Oklahoma. Oklahoma's keeping a ton. Iowa State is bringing back ninety five percent of their team. The Big Twelve might be good next year. I mean, if if bowl season was any, yeah. I mean, I'm just like I think I I think Oklahoma is going to be good, and I think Iowa State are both going to be good. Yeah. And Texas is going to have Texas players. is yes. I don't know if that's the freshman quarterback was great. Looks insane in that in the uh, Alamo. It is the Alamo Bowl. Um, yeah. I, so it's interesting. It's kind of a, a nice segue to fixing the goddamn, yes. goddamn system. Fixing the system. So a lot of people will go out and say expand the playoff, mm-hmm. which I I agree, but I I only want eight, and the only reason. I want to bring it to eight is just so that there is More a reasonable shot that a G5 team can make it. Like, I think the biggest argument for four teams is that there's a third team that can win the national championship. And there's a fourth team. And that's true. Because when there's two, you could be left out. Here, here's a great example. In 2012, Notre Dame plays Alabama gets blown out. If Kansas State does not lose to Iowa State, mm-hmm. Notre Dame plays Kansas State with Colin Klein, and there's a very good chance Notre Dame is the national champion that year. Yeah, Notre Dame and Kansas State are not the best team in the country. Right, Alabama is. Right, and in a playoff, Alabama gets in and blows them both out. Right, which is why for which is why we're kind of seeing this lack of parity now is because the best teams always get a shot. Yeah, and interesting. When you expand to more, it's still going to be the same case. You look in the FCS, and that's everybody's argument. Oh, we expand. Gets better. North Dakota State and JMU are the only teams that ever win in FCS. In D three, uh, Wisconsin Whitewater mm-hmm. continually wins every year. So adding more teams isn't going to magically even out the barrel. I just think you should do it because eight teams is fair. I think those teams like Cincinnati. No, they were not. Cincinnati would have got blown out by Alabama. Yeah, but. I think it's unfair to not give them a chance. I agree. And if they're going to go undefeated and you're going to go, you know, and you're going to schedule real teams, you're going to have games on your schedule against power five opponents. But I'm fine giving them the eight seed. They can get blown out by Alabama, but they deserve it. They can work for it. Yeah. But yeah, that the thing is like, if you want to increase parity, one thing I've seen Florida that, that can't, can't happen. Right. Is cutting scholarships. But that would increase parity, right? Because then, because then more talent pool. Then, yeah, then the, the four star, yeah, the high four star from New Jersey that wants to go to Alabama right. because he wants Alabama, to, he wants to he wants to play for a national championship. He wants to get coached by Nick Saban. He wants to go to the NFL. He doesn't have a spot, and now Shiana goes staying in home state, play for Rutgers, and he goes okay, and maybe that player turns out to be. Mac Jones, like Mac Jones was a three star, right. and he leads Rutgers to greatness. That's that's how you can do it. But the problem is that hurts a player. 
So the next best thing, this was what I was talking about. Josh Pate was floating this. Okay, I'm curious. It's going to be the programs, at least in his belief, and I, I tend to agree with this. The pro the, the parity will increase when the with the programs that are able to utilize the name and likeliness. Likeness? So, yeah, likeness. Like when yes. if you are gonna go to Alabama, right, and you're gonna be a four star that's gonna get developed and barely play, but then maybe win a national championship and then somebody's like, This guy was a freak of a recruit. Let's take a fire on him in the NFL. Uh-huh. You're not going to get that much. Like you're not that guy at Alabama. You're not going to be their guy. You're not going to be making all the money in the car commercials. Uh-huh. You go to Iowa State. You're the guy. You can make a lot of money from my Iowa State fans out in in Iowa, like uh-huh. Ames, right? Yeah. Yeah. Out in Ames, Iowa, they'll pay a lot of money. You can make a lot of money to do those car commercials, and you would never be getting a shot. At Alabama. So you think that if the NCAA said you can make money based off... Well, it's going to happen. Okay. It's, it's going to happen. It's you, hard. But they, the only way to do it is to do it that way. Yeah. Where you profit off your own... Yes. ...popularity versus just paying every... Like, you can't, like, standardize. Well, that, I don't know. That, I don't know if they're going to standardize. That's the, an interesting thing. But the next, the next step is going to be the so, likeliness. So, likeness. Likeness. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> the interesting thing about that, and this is me selfishly thinking, if that is the case, Rutgers has a lot of people nearby. Rutgers not only has a lot of people nearby, but they're in a great media market where there's a lot of money to be made. Yes, if you are a celebrity athlete, like imagine. I mean, the the problem is Rutgers. Salute. Well, yeah, but imagine like Rutgers isn't. The, the thing is, isn't popular enough, yeah. but it's like like Penn State, right? Imagine how much money Saquon Barkley well, that, would have that's, that's what I'm saying about Iowa State, right? Yeah. Like, what if you're a four-star recruit, you're not, you're still going to go to Alabama over Iowa State because you go, I'm getting the best coaching, I'm getting a chance at a national championship. But yeah. you go to Iowa State, the facilities may be a little worse, but the pay is better. You're going to be a star at Iowa State. Right? Like, I mean, yes, it, it's it's an interesting theory. It's just, I, I don't know what the hell's, I, 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 they're all just theories. How, is there ever going to be a time where it's not Alabama, Clemson, and Ohio State? Like, I mean, and yes, LSU but, and, you know. Like, uh, like when, it's not going to be just two teams. Like when Saban retires, it's going to be more, like, there'll be more parity. But it is, it, the top teams are going to be the top teams unless you have a breakout, like, Iowa State, if they can keep Matt Campbell, can continue to grow. They'll get more money flowing in, and then they'll up their level. Yeah. Like you're, you're, you're not a blue blood until you are a blue blood. You know? No, I, I get it. I get it. It's just, I don't want to say we're grasping at straws. It's just like, I feel like it's going to take a lot and a lot of time. No, I agree. The system that it's there's parity and like like the fact like I don't know how college football can look at college like college basketball is different because there's so much good there's so many good basketball players and so few roster spots. Yes. right. So that's the recruiting. Yeah, and right? five. So, so yeah. the five stars are all going to go to Kentucky and Duke, whatever. But there are so many good four stars that will develop over whatever, and that's why you've got and you've got you've got different countries like 
Yeah. Gonzaga recruits. Right. And Gonzaga's actually started, I mean, Gonzaga started to recruit at, yeah. at a Duke it's, almost level yeah. also. But that's why you see, if you look at the top 10, it's not Duke, Kentucky, North Carolina. Those teams aren't even ranked right now. You know what yeah. I mean? It's Gonzaga and, like, I mean, Tennessee and, and Wisconsin. Obviously, there's are good basketball schools, but they're not. Well, like, that's, that's the thing with the scholarship, right? right? You cut the scholarship, you cut the players that can go to Alabama and they got to go somewhere else. Right. But that hurts. That hurts. Does but, it, though? Like, don't, if you're good, you're going to be good. Yes, but, like, if you cut all the roster spots, right, you're making a ton of lot. You're making a lot of money, and people are like, oh, like not, not, not only are they not getting paid, they're not even getting their tuition. And there's, there's a lot of, like, you cut those. So you cut the person in Alabama, and now he goes to Rutgers. You cut the bottom of Rutgers, now he goes to Buffalo. You cut the bottom of Buffalo, now he's in FCS. You cut that, it goes down the line until I there's understand. less players that make. Well, is that is that the, a bad thing? I mean, I think a I, lot of people would say it is. Well, let me ask you this. Should I be a Division three basketball player? No. If there were 15 players on the ro- on every roster, right, yeah. in basketball, or 20 scholarship players on every basketball roster, I mean, I may play Division three basketball. You can make this argument, yes. And I can agree with this. This is argument. America. This yeah, is yeah, capitalism. Yeah, yeah. You, I, I can agree with this argument, and you can yes. make this argument. The problem is it's a PR nightmare. How? Because when you are Rutgers and the entire – People don't, can walk on. Okay, okay, okay. Okay, okay. All right. The, you love Rutgers. You're a Rutgers diehard football fan. What is – who hates Rutgers? Who hates Rutgers football? There aren't very many people that I think hate Rutgers football. Who hates Rutgers football that lives in New Jersey? Rutgers football fans hate Rutgers football. Okay, yes. I don't know. Who, I, I don't know. The academics. That's fair. Okay, right? yes. Princeton? Yes. Right. <laughs> I don't think Princeton hates Rutgers. I, when, when you were a f- facility member at Rutgers. The, academ- the yeah. academics at Rutgers. The acad- they, they, don't, they hate seeing all this money go to the football f- team. And yes. fair or not fair, the football team makes money for the school, so that's why it works. But they don't. Yeah. They don't really see it that way. Yeah. It's a PR nightmare when you go. Oh yes, we're making all this money, and now we're cutting roster spots. And the NCAA has already hated enough. So if they make that announcement, like people are going to go wild. There's going to be stories of, oh, my friend, he just wanted to go to college, and now he's got no spot. Yeah. Like they they pulled his scholarship because there's not enough scholarships well, anymore. Yeah, I mean, I think the way if, if you were to do that, the way you would have to do it is like rolling, right? And you would start with like. Like you cut it down by like three per recruiting class. No, I, I agree. I'm just saying I don't you think it's I don't think it's feasible. I, I don't think it's feasible well, because yeah. So I but that wouldn't but the, yeah like that I think is a solution. I just don't think it's feasible. The like the name and likeness is gonna happen, and I think there is opportunity for teams to make money and for somebody who was gonna go and not really get a lot of playing time that was just gonna develop and wait to be. NFL. You go for four years at Iowa State, or you go for four years at Penn State. Like those have massive followings in the area. You can make a lot of money. Yeah. And you're the head. You're the head of that team. Like you're not going to be the head of the Alabama team. You're, you Jordan Battle is not going to be getting in any car commercials over Mac Jones or Devontae Smith. If Matt Jones was a was the quarterback at Rutgers, would he be a first round pick? 
No. no. That's a problem, man. That is a problem. But if Mac Jones was throwing to, I don't know, who's a uh, who's a wide receiver from New Jersey that, that could have stayed home? Justin Shorter goes to Florida. Not a good one? No, no. I mean, he was the number one. Yeah. He was he was the top receiver in Jersey. All right, all right, all right. I mean, I'm not. I mean, I'm, I'm just saying, like, maybe he wasn't gonna be a first round pick, but that's because he turned Jonathan out. Taylor was from New Jersey, okay. went to Wisconsin. Yeah. Is a but not but, a great... but Mac Jones turned out right. Like Mac Jones made it out of Alabama. Well, Justin Shorter didn't make yes. it. Yes, yeah. made okay. it. Yes. He went to Penn State, failed, transferred to Florida. Still, yeah. it was like another just a guy. Yeah. Like, well, so that's like, if Mac Jones, I mean, didn't make it right, and so say Tua. Finished last season, mm-hmm. and then Bryce Young won the battle this year, mm-hmm. and Matt Jones is sat on the back. You could say, "Look, like you would be a face of Rutgers, you'd be a face of Rutgers football." All those car dealerships that are always having commercials have Matt have Matt Jones with a big Rutgers jersey on, and we support Rutgers football. <laughs> and Chiano's there with the go on you. Like you say, "Look, you're going to make a lot of money here." And maybe you're going to get a drafted, too, because you're going to have a chance to – like, that's the pitch. Yeah. I don't know what, how feasible it is because the pitch also is, like, playing time. You're going to get more exposure. But people are, like they're, – they're D1 athletes. They think, oh, I'm going to beat everybody else out. Yeah. Well, it's definitely a systemic issue. Yeah. I think that's a creative solution, Colin. I will give you that. Well, I, don't I, don't want, I don't want credit for it. It's a creative solution that you read or heard. Yeah. And, uh, Pate, Josh Pate. There you go. Josh Pate's solution uh, by way of, of you. Um, interesting. But that is definitely the issue, and uh, I would like to see it resolved. All right, you ready to move on to our, uh, our year in review? You got anything else you want to dive into? Yeah, I'm ready. Although, although I did come up with the cutting. I did come up with the uh, cut of scholarship, so I do want credit for that. Unless it becomes a PR na- nightmare, I'm hated for it. Then, then we'll gloss over that. Okay. All right, let's move on. Yeah. You ready to you ready to roll? Yeah, let's get it. All right. Uh, do you want to go in order from top to bottom here on our spreadsheet? Worth uh, beat? Or do you want? So do you want to do? Do you want to do like? Um, do you want to do teams and then go to picks, or do you want? We can do that. Like, like I think what we should do at first is like college football as a whole, right? So like, and then go into gambling. Yeah. Okay. So like, all right, teams, I'm, I'm, I'm games. All right, all right. I like that surprise teams. Let's start with that. Okay. Uh, for it. Obviously, I think both of us thought of this. Coastal Carolina. Yeah. Insane season. Really, one of the one of the storylines in uh, in college football. And you know they're gonna be they're gonna be pretty good again next year. Jamie uh, Chadwell is back, I believe. They're Grayson McCall's yeah, back. Yeah, I believe Grayson McCall's yeah. back. Like, if he's not back, he's going some he's going somewhere better. Yeah, you know he's not getting drafted yet because he's been in college two years, so it's not allowed. Um, yeah, Coastal man, what a year! I bet against them week one. I bet against them against Georgia State. <laughs> oh, I gotta add that. <laughs> Learn my lesson. Um, Backed them a couple times down the stretch, though, and, and was successful. Um, I was impressed with Arkansas. Uh, the team has been in the SEC cellar for a long time. They got the new coach in there. 
They showed a, a certain level of toughness. Felipe Franks had kind of a breakout year. Yeah. Arkansas was a was a was in. I didn't. I, I mean, obviously, it didn't end up being great. Are they, 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 they were playing a bowl game or no? No. They, they, they were better than expected. Totally yes. better than expected. Competitive in the SEC. Uh, what else you got? I've got Indiana. Okay. I think we both expected them to be good. I did yeah. not expect them to be this good. I uh, was very impressed with their performance against Wisconsin without the starting quarterback. Yep. Penix. Yep. Uh, Tom Allen really had a better season. Indiana was on the map this year. Disappointing finish, though. Yeah, you can't lose to Ole Miss like that. That is that is very tough. Uh, Ole Miss team that doesn't defend stopped yeah. Indiana from moving the ball. Tom Allen is one hell of a football coach, and it's going to be interesting to see if this is just like a miracle year or if he can sustain some sort of like competitive ability in the. I think I think this reminds me a lot of another Big Ten team in Iowa. Okay, I think this is kind of. Like, there's a certain ceiling on Indiana that's inherent that you just can't recruit at a certain level there. So, or maybe even the Northwestern. Like, this is a this is a program that has a very good coach, and he'll continue to recruit. But I think it's going to be one in every three seasons is you have a miracle year like this. See, that I think if you surveyed Indiana fans, they would take that. In a heartbeat. Oh, well, Indiana's been one of the worst programs in FBS. I think they have the most losses in all of FBS history. Really? Yeah, I think they have the worst winning percentage or most losses, one of the one of the two. It's such a shitty, shitty stat to have. Yeah. Um, I would be a great comparison. If, if, if there are – every team in the Big Ten East that's not Ohio State or Michigan or Penn State strives to be like Iowa. Yeah. Like Ohio State obviously strives to be Alabama. Michigan and Penn State want to be Ohio State. Yes. And Rutgers, Rutgers and Maryland and, and Indiana, I don't even think we want to be like Penn State and Michigan. I mean, obviously we would. Yeah, but like your goal realistically is to get seven to Iowa. every year. And then, and then you, you, you maintain that for a little bit. Yes. You start getting money and you get better facilities. And then you get the next coach that goes, we're tired of being good. Let's be great. And it's a very long way, which is why you don't think about it. <laughs> don't think about it at all. Um, Alabama surprised me this year. Yeah, they surprised you with well, your future on them. Let me tell you why. I think – all right, maybe not surprised me, but I think – I don't think anybody expected them to be this dumb. People are talking about them as the greatest college football team of all time. You know what I think? What do you think? I think you just wanted to brag more. <laughs> Well, I think people expected Clemson to be far away. I even thought Clemson was far away number one. I just thought that there was more value. Like, I thought Alabama was closer to one than they were to four. They were definitely going to play in the college ball playoff, I thought. At least the chances were high of that. And that's why I was able to – and the number was just wrong. That's why I bet the future on them. But if you said going into the season, Devontae Smith is going to be the best player in college football. Mac Jones is going to have a record-setting season, and we're going to be looking at Alabama like they're the best team in college football history, and their offense may even be better than LSU's offense from last year. I think that's a bit surprising. It, it's a bit surprising. I don't know if I'd put it as one of the biggest surprises, but yes, like 
they they outperformed expectations. They totally did, but their expectations were very high. And they even, yeah, yeah, they even outshot that. Justin Sautu, great pick on Alabama, continues to congratulate <laughs> we, himself. We can wrap a bow on Alabama. We're going to be back. Don't worry about it. If there's one thing a Sautu can do, is toot his own horn. <laughs> yeah, I toot my own horn. Um, what else you got? Tulsa. Okay. I think Tulsa was, again, just like Indiana. You spelled this like a freaking idiot. Tulsa? Tulsa, not Tusla. Nah, <laughs> I think, uh, you know, <laughs> I thought they were... I spelled Tulsa like you live in Tulsa. <laughs> um, so, I thought Tulsa was not going to be this good. I was impressed. The fact that they made the... American Conference Championship, I thought was very impressive for them. They really had they gave they gave Cincinnati all they could handle. They gave Oklahoma State all they could handle, and uh, they lost to Mississippi State in the bowl game, which is pretty tough. That's but, like yeah, but still, this was an impressive season to go six and three, six and zero in conference up into the championship game. That's a that's a very that's a very good year for a Tulsa team that really I think is coming. Yeah. yeah. It, right. They were coming off a losing season last year, I believe. Yeah, you know the saying, whipped cream on shit? Losing to Mississippi State to end a good season is like the opposite of that. Yeah. It's like shit on whipped cream. Yeah. Like, Tulsa went 4-8 in 2019. Yeah. To be in the American Conference Championship, very impressive. Did that game end up in overtime? I think it did. If not, it, Cincinnati, needed a, Cincinnati needed a last-second field goal to beat Tulsa. That You're right. Tulsa, huge surprise team. Banner year for them. Um, the Golden Hurricanes. Rutgers. Rutgers was a big surprise team. We went from being the bottom of the the Big Ten when, when Chris Ash was in at Rutgers was Ohio State, Penn State, Wisconsin, Michigan, then like the mid-tier, and then like, as Billy Bean says, 40 feet of crap. And then Rutgers. Rutgers was as competitive. I mean, Rutgers is a few possessions away from being six and three this year. That's crazy. Yeah, Rutgers. Rutgers had a is a legitimate surprise team. Rutgers is a legitimate surprise. A lot of you know, this is is different than the Alabama tooting. This is a good. This is a. This is a good pick. I think Rutgers was a legitimate surprise team. I was very impressed with what Greg did in his first year. I think a lot of Rutgers fans expected Rutgers to be better and more disciplined. I don't think – I think if you surveyed Rutgers fans going into the year, I mean, a lot of them would be like, yeah, we got a shot to win three games. Like, Michigan State's rebuilding. Like, we always think we can beat Maryland and, and Illinois sucks and whatever. I think going into the season, if you surveyed Rutgers fans, they would have all been happy if the team was just more competitive. Yeah. I don't think anybody would have expected that every Saturday, every Saturday, yeah. Rutgers would be in a dogfight is what it felt like, except for Ohio State. And Rutgers, they covered. And, yeah, they covered. They did cover. They almost – I mean, they lost by one fewer point – one more point than what Clemson lost by Ohio State, just saying. Um, <laughs> Problem with uh, transitive property yeah, right there. Yeah, Clemson would probably kick our ass. Probably. <laughs> um, probably. So, yeah, I, I think Rutgers is a legitimate surprise team. And here's the interesting thing, and I, I just got an alert on this before we, we hopped on the pod. Rutgers is ha- – so many of their best players from last year that were seniors are coming back. They're leading tacklers. Olukunle Fedekazi, Tyshawn Fogg, Julius Turner, back. Like, 
best receiver, Bo Melton, back. Like, I think – don't I, I don't want to get, like, ahead of myself or expectations, but Rutgers is going to be a threat to be a bowl team next year without question. Like, they – there's no doubt in my mind that Rutgers – that that's going to be the expectation in Piscataway. Surprise team. Surprise yeah. Nice, baby. Good Proud job, Shiana. Great job, Shiano. Great job. It was a it, it was a united effort by the entire fan base, all of Rutgers Nation. Man, we believe we got his ass in here. Anyway, really proud of where, where my program's headed. What else you got? We got uh, you got any others? Northwestern. I got I got yeah. Northwestern also. I wasn't that surprised on them. But I think similar to Indiana. I thought they would be good. Did yeah, I think they, they could play? Good. Did I think they would be leading Ohio State in the second half of the Big Ten championship game? No. I thought that was more of an indictment on Ohio State. But it's possible, but they, Northwestern were still winning the game. Yeah, Northwestern, very good team. Uh, all running really, the game. really show, goes to show you that if a Clemson quarterback transfers to your team, do not take them. Duke, awful. Duke could be one of the bigger disappointment teams. Yeah, they, they could be. Leads us in the biggest disappointments. What you got? Uh, number one, I have Pitt. The Pitt Panthers were shit. Um, <laughs> God damn. I, I, I don't know why I thought that it was going to be any different. And here they are, yet again, the classic pit football record. Six and five, right? I think, yeah. Something like that, five and five? Did they even play 11 games? Uh, six and five, yep. Six and five for Pitt. Uh, five and five in conference. Perfectly average, just like all things Pitt. I mean, I really thought they had... A lot. They got Kenny Pickett. Their defense was mean. Their D line was graded out as like the second best in the in the country for the entire year. And goddamn man, if there's one thing Pitt can do, is it can be disappointing. Like this was this was just another another ho hum season. I get you lost Kenny Pickett for a couple games, but you've got to beat NC State. You've got to beat Boston College. Like that, those are the games. Like you can lose to Notre Dame, you can lose to Clemson, and you can honestly, you should beat Miami. But they were without Kenny Pickett, so I agree. This was the year coming in. It was like this is the year they can take the next step and be a contender towards the top of the ACC. You know that next year, right below Clemson, I guess Notre Dame this year. Um, and it, it just they didn't like they didn't even compete with Notre Dame, right? Like well, no one we forgot to mention actually. As a surprise team, yeah, and you. Of all people, should really have remembered really? this. No, go ahead. NC State. Ah, yeah. I eight guess and three, so. eight and three season for Dave Dorn. I guess they were fluky. They were fluky. They, they were smoking the damn mirrors. They were. They were a team, man. They were. I told you that. Without Leary, they were smoking mirrors. They were smoking mirrors. But they were, what do you call it? What, what you're saying? Paper Tiger? Yeah, Paper Tiger. We're a Paper Tiger. You never heard that saying before? <laughs> what is that? Like a, like a fierce like animal that is just not fierce at all? It's like just it's like, it's like you come in and you look and you see, oh, eight and three ACC yeah. team. And then you play and you're like, oh, like this is, is not, they're not a good team. Like Miami, Paper Tiger. Yeah. But uh, I thought, I thought we'd give Dave Doran a little shout out. Yeah, that's fair. They did, to win without Leary, Leary coming back next year. Hopkins transferring. You see that? Yeah, it makes sense because he's not going to be. You see Jared Garrett Thomas going to Washington State? I did not. I don't know about that. Then what that says to me is that Rutgers didn't want him. Yeah, well, I wouldn't want him. Um, 
Yeah, disappointing year for Pitt. This was their year to take the next step, and they didn't. Uh, another team in that same conference that was on that same level that I thought was ready to take the next step, Louisville. I was super high. If you go back to listen to our oh, first yeah. episode. Yeah, this guy, this was, guy thought they were winning the ACC. I was, I was smoking some sort of cardinal drug, man. I was all over Louisville. Uh, Malik Cunningham, great, great quarterback, great arm. This is, I mean, this is what I was thinking. You know, Javion Hawkins, uh, they're great. Two Atwell. Two Atwell, yeah. I mean, we knew that their offensive line was going to be a little shaky, but they returned a lot of guys on D. And I was like, I was sitting here like, hmm, they're going to be athletic. They're really, they're well coached. Yeah. Satterfield. Um, what a dumb state. Louisville ended up, what, three and eight? Yeah, I, I was I didn't think Louisville, four and seven. Four and seven? I did not think Louisville was going to be that good. But, but did you think they would be this bad? I didn't think they would be this bad. And I also didn't think Satterfield would get into the coaching mess yeah. that he got himself into. He kind of dug himself out with that blowout win against Wake Forest. That was that was a show-me game, and the team rallied, which is impressive. When you when you were like throwing out statements about wanting to leave, and Louisville's a place very insecure about coaches wanting to leave, when you're doing that, to have a show-me game like the game against Wake Forest – Really, I don't know if, how it does. It just shows me that the culture he's put in place is not going to just tumble over because they fought for their coach. Now his 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 job was on the line against Wake Forest. Yeah, and they blew him out. Yeah, I lose was a team that I'm going to have to really think about next year. I think they're going to be. I think they're going to be better. I I we talked about this last year. Is I thought Louisville was a bit of a paper tiger the year before, and they were due for some regression. They did even more than regress. Yeah. They overcorrected, so maybe next year's a year to get them back. Maybe. We'll see. Who else you got? Uh, Oklahoma State. Interesting one. I really thought Oklahoma State. I thought this was the year. Considering they finished as a top 20 team in the country. Yeah. I still think that was disappointing. I thought this team was going to win the Big 12. And I thought they were gonna—they were a dark horse playoff contender. They had everybody. They had Chuba Hubbard back. They had Spencer Sanders. Their defense was mean. Like this was a team that I thought was gonna be really good. And I knew right off the bat when they struggled with Tulsa that like Tulsa's good, but you when good teams face teams like that, when Ohio State faces Cincinnati, the score is not 16-7. It's 42-0, and yeah. Oklahoma State obviously didn't have it. Their offense kind of figured stuff out towards the end of the season, which is interesting. But, yeah, I was disappointed. I thought they should have at least been playing in the Big 12 championship, and they didn't. Yeah, They didn't even make it there. That's a good point. And, they're, I mean, they're and it wasn't like it was Oklahoma-Texas. Yeah, and it was to a team that they beat. Yeah. Interesting. That's a good call. I mean, but this is Oklahoma State. It, this is Oklahoma State, but this is like when I say like that that is Pitt, but I'm still disappointed in it. Yeah. Like I thought that was the year Pitt took the step forward. I thought this was the year Oklahoma State took the step forward. They did not. Um, Georgia. This was a Georgia team that caught all the hype preseason. They had they, what was the kid's name from from uh, Wake Forest coming in? Jamie Newman. Jamie Newman coming in. J T Daniels coming in. All this hoopla, they're gonna have they're finally gonna have a quarterback, and they started Stetson Bennett for the majority of the season until they were out of the running to be a legitimate contender. And, and, and not only did they start Stetson Bennett, they brought in Mathis when Stetson Bennett got Mathis, who's also in the portal now. Ugh. Um 
Where, where, where is he going? Eastern Kentucky? I know, seriously. He sounds like sounds like the type of guy that'll end up at like a like a Louisiana Monroe type. You know what I mean? I don't even know if Monroe would take him. Um, George is a disappointment to me. I agree because just because of that, and because I think they Kirby Smart fucked this team over. All he has to do is start JT Daniels from the get go, and I don't know if they're going to be. I don't know how much better they'll be, but I guarantee you they'll be better. Yeah, I, don't know I they, mean they had it. They had a good year in the I don't think they beat Alabama in the regular season. But you but beat Florida. I think they may be, and you and you get another chance at Alabama. And the fact that they didn't beat Florida, I agree, is a disappointment. Like Florida had a good year, and the reason they had a good year is because Georgia was too stubborn and had Stetson Bennett throwing against an SEC defense. I don't care how bad that SEC defense is; they still have talent. Yeah. What else you got? Michigan. Okay. Really disappointing year. I have been. So I hate Michigan, uh, full disclosure. Mm-hmm. I really don't like them. But I have defended Harbaugh for a while because I th- I have thought that all of the Harbaugh hot seat claims that have gone around on the internet, they're clickbait. Or at least they were until this year. It's internet people that don't know a lick about college football and they want to get people cited. And people that follow the NFL have heard Harbaugh's name before, obviously. And they know he went to Michigan, and they've heard of Michigan, and they go, oh, ha-ha, Harbaugh's going to get fired, and they click on the article. There was no reason for that. He was going 10-2. and He was a consistent top 25 team. He just hadn't beaten Ohio State. In 2016, they had Ohio State. They had that game. They, it was like 4th and 1, and they got stopped, right? Yeah. Yeah, they scored there. The narrative on Harbaugh is completely different. He's won the game. The only knock on him was that he hadn't won the big game. And he'd won, like, plenty of he, – he beat Notre Dame last year. He's beat Michigan State when they were ranked. He's beaten plenty of good teams. He just hadn't beaten Ohio State. And Ohio State's very difficult to beat. Mm-hmm. And Urban Meyer's a great coach. But that's what you're measured by at Michigan. Yes, it is. But he's not – he wasn't, like <clears> – he was still consistently good, and he was building, like, they were just they, – they were just going to get there eventually. And they just kept banging and banging. And then this year, this was the year it just kind of fell apart. And they go four and five, and like you lose to Michigan State, who's rebuilding and not a good team. That is unacceptable loss. You get blown out by Wisconsin. You can't like that's just things that should not happen to a Michigan team. And what I've been saying all along, the call for it, the reason Michigan was never able to beat the big dogs, the little dogs figured it out. You know, Tom Brown's not a good coordinator. And once the little team started beating Michigan's defense, that was when Harbaugh finally made the decision he had to go. And you know what this kind of reminds me a little bit of? What? Notre Dame in 2016 when they went 4-8 four and, uh, four and eight, and it finally was enough to get Brian Van Gorder fired. I wonder if this is going to make Harbaugh rethink his strategy like Brian Kelly did. But – I don't know. Arizona hired Don Brown as their defensive coordinator. Well, Arizona is the king of hiring, making awful coaching hires. Like, when has Arizona made a coaching hire that made any sense? Kevin Sumlin? And now you're going to hire Don Brown? Don Brown sucks. Kevin Sumlin sucks. Everybody saw they sucked. What the fuck? I thought the Rich Rod hire was a good hire at the time. Yeah. <laughs> at the time. That's a key. Um, Tennessee. I mean, I hate Tennessee because of what they did to my boy Greg. 
that that tyrannic bullshit. But uh, this is a team that had all the talent. They finished last season incredibly strong. They were as talented as so many, um, as so many of these other SEC teams, and they just sucked this year. They they just sucked. I really, there's nothing else. There's I, no easy way to put it. I think they had I, more talent, and they sucked. I think that's a really good one. I mean, they were they at a point they were tied with Notre Dame for the longest winning streak in college football. They had won, I think, like seven straight games coming out of last year. They started winning off. And then they face Georgia, and they lose. And then the season unravels. You get blown out by Kentucky. You get blown out by Alabama. Like, they just continuously got beat. And, yep. like, they had talent. Their offensive line was really good. And they had a lot of momentum in the recruiting trail. And a season like this, like, this is the problem when you see in the offseason, when you see a Tennessee start pulling in all these recruits. Yeah. Is – no matter how good of a recruiter you are, to maintain those recruits, I mean, you've got to perform. And when Tennessee starts to fall apart like this, and you're a five-star recruit and go, wait, I wanted to play for Tennessee? Yeah. I've got a Georgia offer. Yeah. Why do I want to play for a good team yeah. with a good coach? Good point. I mean, let's just think back, right? Tennessee started the year 2-0. They were leaving Georgia at halftime. Yeah. They were leaving Georgia at halftime, and everything just unraveled. That is as – you. I don't know how – the fans in Knoxville must be losing I their mean, minds. I don't know how, you, how tapped in you are to this. Not very. But there's – Tennessee is under investigation by the NCAA right now uh-huh. for recruiting violations. Okay. Um, there's word that they got sloppy in recruiting. Okay. So I uh, take that how you will. Uh, it seems like a lot of teams may be doing something, just they're a little careful, more careful. Uh, it seems Tennessee was not. They got a little <laughs> sloppy. NCAA's up their ass now. And it does not seem like Pruitt will be the head coach come next season. Well, <clears throat> unfortunately for them, the ship has sailed on Greg. Yeah. I mean, a a look at it. You have the biggest surprise team. I know. Rutgers and biggest disappointment, Tennessee. Yeah. And you kind of wonder. Kentucky's another one. Yes. Uh, very disappointing for me. I really thought so. My thinking was Kentucky, good, consistently good team. I mean, they didn't have a terrible season. Like, they still ended up winning their bowl game. They beat Tennessee for the first time in forever. But when they played good teams, they got absolutely blown out, which is not a staple for Kentucky. Mm-hmm. And their defense wasn't great. I think we talked about that a little bit. Their defense kind of was overvalued a little bit last year. They played teams that weren't great through the air. Mm-hmm. But my thinking going into this is you have a great offensive line, which they did. They did. And you've got an actual quarterback back there instead of Lynn Bowman, who was a wide receiver. Wide receiver running around. Running around. Well, the thing is, Bowman is a better quarterback than your actual quarterback because Terry Wilson fucking sucks. So, uh, yeah, I was wrong on that. I mean, Tennessee, figure out your coaching or your quarterback situation. I think they they fired the offensive coordinator, Eddie Graham. Okay. So, uh, maybe they'll figure that out. I, I, I think Mark Suits is a great coach. I think they're, they've got a good culture there. They'll, they'll, be, they'll be back. I mean, 
four and six isn't going to cause any concern in Kentucky. They're fucking Kentucky, man. It, it bas- it's been basketball season for a while. Right. It, it, there's a lot more concern about the four and seven Kentucky basketball Yes, oh, way more concern. The four and six Kentucky football team. Uh, last one I've got uh, on the disappointment list is Clemson. We came into the year. Everybody came into the year. Maybe not near you, um, but everybody came into the year. This is Clemson's year. Trevor Lawrence, Dabo Swinney, all these talented pieces back on Dabo defense. Swinney. Dabo Swinney. Swinney. <laughs> all, these talented, Swinney. all these talented pieces. All these talented pieces back. Travis Etienne. All these talented pieces back on defense. Amari Rogers at receiver. I mean, this was this was a team that was expected to what Alabama was, ended up being, is what people expected Clemson to be. And for Clemson to lose two games, I understand they had their star quarterback had COVID issues, but to lose at Notre Dame and then to get absolutely embarrassed by Ohio State in the college world playoff semifinal, that's a disappointment for Clemson. So they're one of my most disappointing teams. Yeah, I mean, it was a disappointing year. I wouldn't yeah, put it as the most, most disappointing, but, yeah, they lose to Notre Dame. I mean, there, and there, there are others, right? Penn State's a disappointment. Penn State is obviously but I a disappointment. I hate them, so I'm not disappointed. <laughs> that's why I'm not. Yeah, I mean, Penn State was a very disappointing team. But they finished with some some they momentum, did. which Michigan cannot say. They did. Uh, all right, where should we move to next? Um, I think we should start with the worst picks of the year so that we can end on a high note of the locks of the year and we can feel like geniuses because ending on the worst picks of the year is not going to make me feel too confident with any of the games I want to bet on tonight. All right, let's, all right worst pick of the year. Um, I'll, I'll start it off. I will start it off. I have so many of these. Texas versus Kansas State, and these. Let's just, let me let's just get this out there. These are games that stand out to us as games that we felt very confident in our pick on, and ended up being completely dead wrong. Yes. So in the Texas Kansas State game, I had right it, after Thanksgiving. Right? Yes. Uh, I went into this game thinking Texas. Their offense hasn't been great all year. They've got a good defense. Chris Ash has figured some things out. Yep. Kansas State's offense is garbage. This was after they lost uh, Skylar Thompson. Yep. Uh, all they can do is run the ball. Texas has a good run D. They're going to shut that down. This is going to be a low-scoring game. I took under, I think it was 51. The final score in this game, Texas 69, Kansas State 31. The over hit in the third quarter alone. 100 total points. Off by uh, 49 points, you know? Crazy. And I don't like, I don't think your handicap was that bad on it. I just don't under – it was one of those, like, fluke games. Um, I've had some bad ones. Uh, my worst were all in the Big Ten. Uh, this guy. Yeah, so I took Michigan – Plus four and a half against Wisconsin. Thinking that it was a great spot for Michigan. They were terrible. Absolutely terrible. Got destroyed by Wisconsin. Um, I don't even remember really the situation. It was just a, a spot where I felt really great about Michigan at home as a dog covering against a Big Ten team. And they just – embarrassing. It was one of my worst of the year. Um yeah. In similar vein, 
I had Minnesota plus three and a half to Michigan, another home dog in the Big Ten. And Minnesota got absolutely destroyed. Yes, go ahead, Colin. I'll give you, at least in that game, there was a ton of COVID issues on Minnesota. I guess so. But did you know that going in? I don't know. I don't remember. I think you did, which is why it's the worst pick of the year. But so like, I, block, I, I tried to block out some of the worst picks of the year. I mean, I like when I went back, I had to really go back and scroll to find my worst picks because it's funny. Like I really remember like the great calls. Like, oh, I, I really too. remember them. But I like the bad picks. Like it was like, oh, oh yeah, I had that one. <laughs> you know, I forget. Yeah, that's why. That's why. That's why everybody thinks they're a genius. Right. You, you remember the. Selective memory. It's like, like when we talk to Lord Beery and he's telling me about all his parlays and being up, you know, so much money. It's like, that's maybe what you think. You know what I mean? But is that reality? This is the track down, your bets, folks. Track your bets. Track everything. Um, and then when you're down big at the end of the year, you're like, hmm, you may have to adjust. So One of my worst picks? Yes. Georgia State plus two. <laughs> Against Coastal Carolina, terrible, terrible. I did not give this out as a uh, as 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 a pick on the podcast, but I did say it was going to be a money line sprinkle on a parlay. They lost fifty one to zero. I watched that game in distraught. I was just like, "How could I make such a horrible pick?" I thought it was the perfect spot. And here's the thing, which I learned from is just because there's a line that is sus, and that you may look at and think, "Oh." Really, the public's going to be all on one side, take the other side. It's not always the case. Mm-hmm. Like The public has to win sometimes, and this is a time where I faded the idiot public, and I turned out to be the idiot. Yeah. <laughs> well put. Um, what else do I have? Um, week one, I took Navy as a money line dog against BYU. Yeah, me too. Terrible. Uh, you convinced me into that, actually. I remember because I want, we had Army. Yeah, against uh, yeah. Was Middle it? Tennessee. Middle Tennessee, and I ended up not placing it because, like, I saw all these sharps on Twitter like talking about Middle Tennessee was going to be pretty good, and I was like, oh, I'm not going to play this. And then they got blown out. I was like, Ah, let me get on Navy with Santu. Yeah. yeah, Middle Tennessee turned out to be one of the worst teams in all of college football. Um, so here's here's another one that I think is really interesting because this was a really bad pick for me, uh, and I ended up doing it twice. Twice, I faded Texas A&M off of a big win as a dog, as a, as a seven-point favorite at Mississippi State. I did the same thing twice. I did it back at the beginning of the year. So I faded a team off a big win as a road favorite against Mississippi State. Uh, I did this twice. I did it with Mississippi State plus seven against Texas A&M. Bad call. And then I didn't learn my lesson because six weeks later, I did the same thing with Mississippi State plus seven. So you know what? Against Auburn. And both men. I think the Mississippi State game against Auburn, I would take that line again. I don't think Auburn was that good. And the final score, they won by 10. The problem is Mississippi State's offense is anemic. It was. It was this year. Maybe, maybe those things will change. Like maybe they'll improve. Um, i got to think. You probably know my uh, worst picks better than me. <laughs> no. I, so I, that, I, we, we, just, we did enough on worst picks. Yeah, right. we're not bad. We, we, there's no problem. There's no yeah, reason to torture. If there's anything that pops up off the top of your head, feel free to divulge. But let's get the. I mean, we're done. Fuck that. Worst worst picks of the year. They they sucked. We were human. We made bad calls. It is what it is. Um, on that same vein, do we want to go to best picks of the year, or do we want to go to keep with the negatives? Like who lost me the most money? 
What do you What do you think? I guess we'll, we'll stay negative and then we'll end on a nice positive night. No. Uh, so who lost me the most money throughout the year? Um, I got a lot of these. Uh, so I went one in four games involving Notre Dame. Zero and four when I faded Notre Dame. Uh, not good. Um, I also went one and three on Boise State. One and three on Illinois, and they also beat Rutgers. So fuck them. Um, I was two and six in games involving Miami. I could never quite figure that out. <laughs> you were really bad with Miami. I was them early, and then I switched to the autumn when they started to be bad. <laughs> so I really just didn't have a, have a good read on Miami all year. Um, and I was 0-3 in games involving TCU. I didn't like TCU. I was not good with TCU all year. So those are the teams that I really struggled with. I mean, it's, it's tough to look back and be like, damn, I – like I really couldn't like grasp Miami. I thought, and every every single week, you and your dad would like give me shit for like being a Notre Dame hater, and I didn't really get what you guys are talking about. And now it makes sense. <laughs> money on like legit money on Notre Dame because I faded them four times and lost all four times. So, I tried to tell you, you did. Who who was uh, uh, tonight? So number one has got to be Mississippi State. These. You can't God, quite figure them out either. Goddamn idiots. I hate these guys. I go, <laughs> Mike Leach. First I go, episode of the year, I think, maybe not first episode, but early in the year, you were like, Mike Leach, like, can you really bet on him? Like, you never know. <laughs> <laughs> so, remember that? Yeah, I remember. We were talking about LSU because we were like, LSU's going to stink this year. Yeah. But are we really going to bet on Mike Leach here? The one so, time we didn't take him, you know? So, here we go. Yeah. First. I take him versus Texas A&M. This was kind of a uh, – I was not never that high on Texas A&M. They're going into Starkville. I'm feeling good. I think that was like a seven-point line. Yeah. And we were both on it. You kind of kind of talked me into that a little bit. But I liked it as well. So I lose there. Then they get blown up by Alabama, and then they beat Vanderbilt, but barely. Auburn game gets postponed, and they got to play Georgia, who's starting JT Daniels for the first time. I go JT Daniels against an awful Mississippi State team. Give me the Bulldogs minus twenty and a half. They exit came out one by seven. Oh and two on Mississippi State. And Mississippi State was live to win that game for a while, right? They were very live. Yeah. They come back and they cover plus ten against Ole Miss for me. That. One and two. And then we end the season with uh, and then the next game they face Auburn and I take them. Plus 10 again. They lose by 14. One and three. I avoid them against Missouri, and I avoid them against Tulsa. Two games they win. God damn the Bulldogs. Uh, Mississippi State, man. Mike Leach. Yeah. What can you do? Really, really tough. Um, another team I just did not do well on is Oregon. I had Interesting. I had Oregon minus 13 and a half when they uh, lost to Oregon State. Okay. I had USC when Oregon beat them. Yep. Um, I yeah, didn't in the bowl game. I had I had I had Iowa State in the yeah. bowl game, but one and two was not a not a great, and I really wasn't following the uh, the Pac-12 that much. So to lose yeah. lose that much on Oregon is pretty disappointing. Yeah. Um. I'm trying to think, was there anybody else that I? Uh, I, I I don't remember all your bets. I can't. I'm sure you were. I'm sure there's some. Yeah, there's definitely somebody I'm. I'm forgetting that that lost me. If it's not obvious off the top of your head, like like when I think about it, Miami was freaking obvious yeah. to me. Notre Dame was, was obvious. Miami, I knew. I knew you. I knew you were wrong on Notre Dame a ton. 
You know what? X. No, 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 it wasn't. Not that. Yeah. Should we move on to worst beats? Worst beats. Oh. This, <laughs> this is brutal, man. This is so gross. So here, so I don't know. So I don't know if, if all of these apply to you. Um, but like here are some that were real. Oh, oh. I, I just go ahead. I just found a. This is for both of us. A team that we lost money on? No, no. Bad beat. Worst pick. Worst pick. What you got? Minnesota. Minus 18.5. Against Maryland. Against Maryland. Terrible pick. God damn. Terrible pick. Although, yes. Yes, yes. That was a pretty terrible pick. Um, Bad beats. There's some real real rough ones here. (laughs) Uh, Week one. We're on the golf course. We have Syracuse plus 24. Oh, this is brutal. (laughs) North Carolina. We loved it. And the game, throughout the entire game, yeah, we're feeling good. They were, they were down like seven. We're sitting there on the golf course. Like, oh, it's like, yeah, we're doing a game. We're running. Then all of a sudden, yeah, we're thinking, I was, I, was killing, I was kicking myself and not sprinkling a little money. Yeah, I know. Um, and then all of a sudden, like, North Carolina turned on the Jets and, like, back-to-back huge quick touchdown drives in the fourth quarter. And the next thing we knew, it was a 25-point game. And Syracuse offense was so anemic that they couldn't do it, um, couldn't come back and, and, and backdoor it for us. So... <laughs> That was the first bad beat of the season. Um, there are a bunch on here, so these are so these are the ones that I'm, I'm going to list all four. Um, and I know you're on one other one with me. Yeah, that's the one I'll get to last. The other two, I remember. I think they were the same weekend. I was at I was at my beach house. I Texas had a minus twelve and a half against Arkansas. They were blowing Arkansas out. Yeah, they were blowing them out. Oh, I got I I, I, I got one for me. I got another one. Um, that just popped into my mind. Uh, sorry. Hang on. Um, they were blowing Arkansas out. Arkansas comes back, backdoors it, pissed me off. Uh, another one. I had Iowa minus two and a half against Northwestern. Iowa started up like seventeen nothing, twenty nothing, and Northwestern came back and won. And another one in that same kind of idea of the Texas A and M Arkansas was Boise State minus eight and a half. I think is what I had against Hawaii. And Boise was kicking their ass all game and then gives up two, like, touchdowns, meaningless touchdowns in the fourth quarter for Hawaii to backdoor. So that, that, those were some really bad beats. Um, the, the last one I'm going to give, we were on this together. UCLA minus six and a half against Stanford. And it's, this is such a bad beat. I can't even, like – like, I don't – all game, like Stanford's kicking their ass. We're like, oh, this shit's dead. And then UCLA has this miracle second half. Like, you're checking your score on your phone. We're sitting there like, oh, my God, oh, my God. Like, they're coming back. They're coming back. They're coming back. They come all the way back. Not only do they go upset, they go 14 to pick six with, like, six minutes left. And then when they have the ball and a chance to run out the clock up a touchdown late, they fumble. Stanford comes down. This was Davis Mills, like, game of the year. This yeah. Dickhead. And um, they sent it to overtime. Stanford couldn't. Stanford won in overtime. It's just that was that was a terrible, sickening. And on top of it, I accidentally placed that bet twice. I placed it on one book and then accidentally placed the other one. That was just um, that was a brutal one. So, Sans, we've got two of my big ones covered right there. But another one which I felt absolutely great about: Wisconsin versus Illinois. Under 51 and a half, I had this shit handicapped. I knew Illinois wasn't going to do shit on Wisconsin. I knew Wisconsin had a, com- was completely rebuilding. I think the under hit in almost every game after this for Wisconsin. They had Graham Mertz who just fucking plays the game of his life. 
Illinois gets a fumble six for the only touchdown points they get. It's third. It, it first. It's it's twenty eight to seven with three minutes left in the in the third. Wisconsin scores twelve minutes left in the fourth. They're up thirty five seven. Illinois goes three and out, punts it back. Wisconsin, nice long drive, mm-hmm. six minutes. Now there's five minutes left on the clock after they score, forty-two to seven. Wisconsin or er, Illinois, two plays, picked off. Wisconsin just kicks a field goal and wins the game and hits the fucking over. All Illinois would need to do was just take like a minute and punt, or just not throwing a kick. At, for two two yards and 44 seconds off the clock when there's four minutes left and you're getting blown out. Oh, Wisconsin would have sat on the ball. They would have ran out the clock, and my under would have hit. Also, I remembered another bad pick. Remember when we picked uh, UF versus uh, versus Texas A&M? Yeah. I thought that was such a lock. Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I don't, don't want to say that it was a bad pick. It was, it was just like it was. I, I was very overconfident yeah. in that pick. For We were wrong. You know, plain and simple, we were just wrong. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, what else? Is that it for the negatives? Yeah, I think let's let's, let's move some positive. Let's go positive. Let's feel good. I feel like a garbage game. Yeah, right now. Uh, well, we had some good things happen. Um, let's start with who won us the most money throughout the year, and this one for me was easy. Roll tie roll. I was money on Alabama, and that's the most public thing I think I've ever heard in my entire life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think everybody's money on Alabama, but basically, when I bet on them, I went 3-0. I was 1-1 one one betting against them because I had Ole Miss, and we'll get to that in a little bit. One of my other most proud, prideful picks was taking the under, under 64, when they played Mississippi State because oh, yeah. because Mississippi State had a decent defense and like they couldn't score. So... In games involving Alabama, I went five and one. Uh, I also was like weirdly good on Kansas State, weirdly good on Oklahoma State. Um, that's really it. Like I weren't a lot of great. I wasn't great on a lot of teams, but those are the teams that, that made me the most money throughout the year. So let me what pull this up. You, so, have, you have Oklahoma and Pitt here. Yeah. So which is interesting because Pitt was one of your most disappointing teams. They were, but I, 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 I haven't read. I, I knew Pitt. I know Pitt, man. I, I thought I thought they were gonna. I thought they were gonna surprise me. Yet they uh, they didn't and they won me some money. So Oklahoma, I first bet on them after they beat TCU. I placed it because so here's Santu he comes out mm-hmm. goes TCU plus seven, and I had this like thinking in the Texas game that Oklahoma had like switched gears with Spencer Rattler. Right. He hadn't looked great, but after he got pulled and put back in the game. Something seemed different about their offense and about this Oklahoma team. They go out, they blow out TCU, and then the next week they're playing Texas Tech. I take that, right? That hits. I stare at the Kansas game. I probably should have bet it, but I just don't like taking those big spreads. Mm-hmm. And then we should have Kansas all year. Yeah, won. yeah. You were you. That's actually you. No, made, I, I looked into it. I. <laughs> really? Maybe two weeks, three weeks. I thought you fit him like three weeks in a row and hit on all three. I think it was only two weeks. Uh, Maybe it was three. Maybe it was three. Maybe it was three, actually. So that three and one. Three and one. one. Because I bet on them week one against Coastal. Three and one is still pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I guess that's true. Um, 
Yeah, and then I take him Oklahoma State. I think I put like three, four units on this game. Rule him out. Bingo. And then, um, yeah, big bet. And then I and then I bet on them uh, to win the Big Twelve. So I hit the future. Yeah. Went two and zero, and I had multiple units. I didn't lose a game up on Oklahoma. They were very kind to me this year. I avoided them against Baylor, and then Pitt. Let me pull up Pitt's schedule. I had them against Louisville, which was the first. That one hit. Mm -hmm. I had them to cover against Miami. That hit. I had them to beat Florida State. That hit. Mm -hmm. And... I'm. I think I had them against Virginia Tech. I'm not certain about that. I think you did too. I think you did too. So three to four now, and then I also won Santip to stay off them against Georgia Tech. So it that was a, it was that was it was a good year for me. I'm yeah. Three and zero, four and zero. That like that. I, I would Very take good. that. Yeah. Absolutely. Um. <clears throat> Let's get to some of our best covers, miracle covers. We'll finish with some of our best, like, actual Yeah, because then, then we feel a little good. Yeah. Miracle covers. These are great. These are fucking great. We should, we, should, we should start with the best one. Okay. USC. Minus three and, three and a half. for CCLA. Watching in this basement. Yep. That was one of the craziest things. Clay Helton's got a nice buzz going. <laughs> Clay Helton with absolute integrity. Yes. Going for the cover. Yep. They get down there. All they need is a field goal. They win the game. The whole time, yep. they were getting blown out. What was the score? They were down two touchdowns in the third quarter. Yes. And the yep. whole time, the math is never working out. Yes. Jim, we got Jimmy hopping on with us. He's thinking, like, oh, these monkeys made an <laughs> awful pick. Santu was yelling at me. I told him to make this bet. Yep. And the whole time, it's just never working out. And then all of a sudden, there's a chance. And USC... Throws it down and they get a massive play. And not only that, kick return. Yeah, and if the kick return set them up at like the fifty, and we were like, "Shit, they're not gonna have a big play for a touchdown. They're just gonna get a first down and over a field goal." Yeah. Then the, the deep ball down. I mean, also they outscored them twenty to three in the fourth quarter. <laughs> yeah, you get the, the deep ball down field. I think yep. there was a pick of uh, DTR. UCLA outgained them by like hundred and fifty yards. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and then and then. He gets it down there, and they just want to run out, run the ball through the middle and the kick a field goal and win the game. And Keenan Slovis audibles, sees a Hamid Rossi, chucks it up, touchdown, wide cover. Oh, my God. That was, that was incredible. It was a party in this basement. Uh, that was an epic cover. And that was like a meaningful cover. I think it was like a, I was having like a rough night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, I think I think you had like two units on this. The whole time you were bitching at me too, so I really wanted to cover because like ah fuck you, I made a good pick. Yeah, you did. It, it was what I was pumped. Um, some others that really were big for me. Uh, Texas Tech plus one hundred. I had Texas Tech money line against Baylor. Texas Tech was down in the fourth quarter. I was watching this alone. They were down two touchdowns. They came all the way back and won. That was excellent. Uh, Illinois plus seven and a half versus Purdue. Uh, they were down three touchdowns, came back and backdoored. That was awesome. Um, Western Michigan minus one and a half against Toledo. I don't know if you remember this game. This was like the miracle, like they recovered an onside kick, like crazy. Oh, that game. was you and Beery were yeah. talking. Yeah, 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 I remember that. Uh, let's see, what else do we have? Um, and then the last one that I have like exclusively, and then I think the others are like ones that we were on together. 
Um, I had Clemson live. This was an epic one. Minus five and a half against Boston College. And they were up four. Oh, and they got a safety. <laughs> the nonsense safety at the end of the game to make it a six-point six win. So those were some of my – those were some epic ones. Uh, the others, right, we had UCF plus six against Cincinnati. Yeah, that was a miracle. Cincinnati gets all the way down to the three, can't figure out what they want to do, and then when they actually try to score a touchdown, they fumble. <laughs> Oh, Tulsa versus over SMU. What an Epic. insane comeback for yep. Tulsa. That was I thought that was dead in the water. And I that ended that your parlay, right? Yeah, and and it ended a great weekend for me. Yeah. Weekend of the year. Yeah, college football betting. Oh, that was that was fantastic. Ole Miss with the cover against awesome. South Carolina. That came the Yeah, yeah, yeah. They just kept going. I was like, I was like, what are they gonna score? And then they South Carolina just couldn't stop him. And then another one I had Eventually Will Muschamp was like, fuck it. That was like his last game, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He was, on, he was on his way out on Monday. Uh, what else you got? I had Kentucky plus 25 for the podcast. Oh, good one. Plus 24 for myself against Florida. They're up 10-7 with, like, minutes left in the uh, second half. And I'm thinking, I'm out on the golf course thinking, what a pick, Colin. You <laughs> diagnosed this great. Kentucky's got a great running offense. Florida's defense is God awful. I should have I should have sprinkled a little money in on the money line. They're gonna win this game outright. Then punt return with a minute left, 14-10, and then five plays in the second quarter, touchdown Florida, punt, field goal, uh, Florida, three plays, pick, touchdown, Florida. It's 31-10, and I'm 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 sitting there as I'm shaking away, I'm like, God fucking damn it. This is such a brutal beat. And then they just hold them down. They kick a field goal. They throw another pick, three plays pick, hold them to a field goal, 34-10, five plays, 25 yards, two minutes off the clock, pick. It's back to Florida's head. One more point, and I lose. And they run the clock out on the UK, two with a one-yard run that gets stuffed. Miracle. Uh, miracle coverage, man. They are uh, electric. They are electric. There's really nothing quite like being on the right side of a bad beat. Yes. You know? Yes. It's really, really a special feeling. Um, best picks of the year are locks of the year, right? The ones that we had pegged from the get-go. Do you want to start it off? Uh, yeah, I'll lead off with my... First one, and okay. this one I felt great about. Yep. UNC was a two-and-a-half-point dog versus Miami at Miami. I went on the – I was on the spread. I was on the money line. I had this in a parlay. I was all over this game. Yep. Miami was a paper tiger all year, and they finally had to face a good team, and they got shithoused. Yep. Like, this just felt great. I, I knew this coming in. I knew UNC was going to beat them, and not only did they beat them, they blew them out. It made Notre Dame's win look better. It, this was this was great. I don't like Miami. It was great to see Miami get blown out like this. They were talking about we want to play Notre Dame. You would have got destroyed by Notre Dame this year. You got destroyed by UNC. A little context also. I came over here late in that game. <laughs> there were other like, games going on. They were actually close. And all Colin wanted to do was watch North Carolina <laughs> keep blowing it up. Just that he was sniffing his own bottle. <laughs> Um, all right, I'll go next. 
my number one pick of the year. Ole Miss plus 24.5 at Alabama. Lane Kiffin revenge game. Ole Miss always plays Alabama tough in Oxford. This was before Alabama's defense had really figured itself out, and it was still struggling. Um, I just had a feeling that Ole Miss could score with them, and they did. It was a back-and-forth. Ole Miss was live in this game for a while. And this was Alabama's toughest game of the year. Yeah, it was. Um, and it's just I, I, I had this pegged. from. This was one of my, like, I love it. Um, <clears throat> I almost thought about sprinkling on the money line, but I didn't want to do that because that, that would have, like, gone against my Alabama future. But I just felt like this was a really good spot for Ole Miss, and uh, I turned out to be dead, dead right on that one. So I'm really proud of myself. Those were my picks of the year. What else you got? Uh, number two, yep. this one. I mentioned it before when I talked about Oklahoma. Put a lot of money on this. I believe I got you on this as well. Uh, yep. Oklahoma was – when I saw this line, if, if I didn't have to just go on my phone, I would have got in my car and got 120 <laughs> miles an hour down the freeway to, to get to the bookie to place this bet. Oklahoma minus seven at home against Oklahoma State. It was just the perfect spot. Yeah, it was. It was just the perfect spot. Oklahoma has been playing so much better, and Oklahoma State had squeaked out that win last week, so they were still overvalued. They had been playing like garbage. I just knew this was going to be that Oklahoma was going to run away with it, and they did. Yeah. And it felt great. You know, that when that hits, and then this, this was also the night that Tulsa came back over SMU, so like all of that just hits. It was a great day. It was a great night for the state of Oklahoma and my <laughs> bankroll. Uh, yeah, that, that that felt great. Yeah, that was a good pick. I did tell you dead dead on on that one. Um, Indiana plus three and a half against Michigan. Everybody told me I was dead wrong. I was on I was on the square side for taking the ranked dog against Michigan. Bullshit. Indiana was so head and shoulders, and by everyone, I mean you. Um, <laughs> I know what you're talking about. <laughs> Indiana was just oh, Indiana was just a much better team than Michigan this year. They should never been getting points, and like this was a prove it game for them. Like this was just the same way that they came ready to attack Penn State. They came ready to attack Michigan, and they actually could do it because they were better than yeah. Michigan. And uh, this was one of my best calls of the year. I was I was on the wrong side of this pick. I took Michigan, but. I learned from this pick, yes, and it leads me to my next best pick. But Santu was on the opposite side, so he makes a great call, and he doesn't learn from it at all. You watch a game where everybody goes, like, I think, okay, Michigan should win this game. They're ranked, they're unranked. They they just lost to Michigan State. They got to write them, write the ship. They got to beat Indiana here. And then you look, and you just look, and you look at that Michigan team, and you go, they're not that good. And then they're playing Wisconsin at home. Ended up not being that good. Yes, but Wisconsin. Was, I, okay, Wisconsin was playing very, they were, they were. very good going into this game. This was before they lost to everybody. Yeah. And yeah, the line is four and a half. And you go, I go, I look at this and I go, this Michigan team is awful. This Wisconsin team is playing great. And we're getting under a touchdown. Wisconsin blows the door off of them. Yep. And Santu's over there on the other side. You notice a lot of these picks uh, with the other one is on the other side. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I was, on the, I was on the dead wrong side of that one. Uh, let's see. What else do we have? Uh, this was one that both of us were on. We had this pegged early in the season. Um, Georgia Tech, I think they were overvalued after beating, beating Florida, Florida State, State, who sucked. Yeah. And we knew that UCF had all types of talent. 
And so we took UCF minus seven and a half. We're like, the seven and a half is tricky. Just trying to get you to back the plus seven and a half, take the touchdown hook. We were all over. We were all over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was like our first real, like, like totally in agreement on a lock. And uh, it, it smashed. UCF blew Georgia Tech out, ran away from them in the fourth quarter. So that's one of the picks I'm most proud of as a, as a podcast. Yes, yes. That was a, that was a, that was a great pick. Um, what else you got? Another lock agreement. Okay. I gotta go with Syracuse plus fourteen and a half versus NC State. We were yes. both on this. This was yes. a. This was a. I was. I we felt when we did that episode yes. of the pod when we when we yes. found this and we were like, "This is it." Yeah, yeah. We both we were we, we looked at it and we went. We should be on Syracuse. We should be on Syracuse, and neither of us had it pegged in. Like coming in, it wasn't on my lock sheet, and we look at this and we're like, "We should be on Syracuse." And we got on Syracuse. We yeah. picked it. I placed money on this, yep. and it was it was correct. Syracuse was at home. Like this is a, this is a game we miss too many times yeah. because you go Syracuse stinks. But you go Syracuse has the better defense. Yeah. This is a game where you look at it and you're like Syracuse stinks. I can't bet on them, but I don't trust NC State to cover, so I'm just gonna stay away. Yes. Yeah. And now we shouldn't have because this was great. I mean, they almost won this game. If if yeah. they didn't spike the ball on fourth yeah. down, they win this game. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Like 14 and a half, get over two touchdowns on the road. NC State without Leary, they're with Hockman at this point. Syracuse defense can make him one dimensional, and they did, and they nearly won the game. Yeah. Um, that was a great pod pick. Uh, another one that I don't have listed here, but I'm just re- remembering Iowa minus six and a half against Michigan State. That line made no sense. Iowa had lost two close games, they were so hungry for a win. Michigan State was, like, coming off this miracle win over Michigan. And so they were overvalued. Iowa was undervalued. We talked all season about buy low, sell high spots, and that was one. And Iowa beat Michigan State by 49 points. It was just an absolute blowout. Uh, so that's one that I'm really proud of. Um, another one, and this is my last real pick that I was really proud of, was another buy low, sell high. Cal plus 10 against Oregon. Coming into the year, I think we were – Optimistic. If it was a normal year, yes, we were optimistic. Yeah, we been optimistic about Cal. They had all these COVID issues in their region, dealing with all sorts of laws. They couldn't practice, so they were they looked terrible the first couple weeks of the season. But they started to turn things around, and um, they were able to beat Oregon outright as a ten point dog. Because I think the teams were, I think Oregon's obviously a better team, but I think Cal was so undervalued there because of how crappy things had started, and we had identified why. At least I had identified why things had started that poorly for for the Bears. Any yeah. others? Any other? Yeah, I've got I've got I've got a couple more. I just I just remembered. Yeah. Um, so I just realized I was actually very good. Oh, I got one last one. With the, all right. Yes. Go no, on. No, 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 I'm, 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 right, I'm going to give one, and then all right. So Pitt, two and a half point dogs yeah. on the road against Florida State. I knew this Florida State team was not that good, and. They beat him forty-one to seventeen as dogs. Like yeah. you got Kenny Pickett back. Like I, I looked at this game and I was like, Pitt shouldn't be dog here. There's no way they should be two and a half point dogs here, and they obviously weren't because Florida State was not good and Pitt blew them out. Yeah, got Kenny Pickett back. All right, you have a yeah. So this may be so. Other than the Ole Miss one, this is the one I may be most proud of. I, and, and this was my biggest legit actual bet of the college basketball, the college football season. Ohio State plus seven and a half against Clemson. How can I forget that one? You know, I loved Ohio State plus seven and a half. 
I, the line didn't make sense to me. Uh, I thought they were just as they were good enough to beat Clemson, and uh, turns out that they were. I had them plus seven and a half. I had them on the money line. They were the last leg of a parlay. Ohio State beating Clemson was my biggest individual hit of the college football season until the Alabama future, of course. But I am most proud of that because I think I was opposite a lot of people on that one. Um, but uh, it, it hit. It hit big. Ohio State. That was a lot of fun watching Ohio State kick the shit out of Clemson. Yeah. Um, another one that I felt really good about was when I took Louisville against um, Florida State. This was directly oh, yeah. after Florida State was a good one. beat UNC. Yep. I, what was the line on that? I think it was four and a half. Yeah, we loved. Yeah, 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 we were. Yeah, it was, yeah, Florida State was completely overvalued. I Rodan had played them close the game before when they had uh, Jordan Travis. Uh, yeah, Travis. Yeah, yeah, come in yep. and they were like they they were fired up for the game and Notre Dame was coming off COVID issues and they looked a little rusty. They beat them by fourteen, but yep. it wasn't a great. And then they go and they beat UNC. And how often? Got at home. Yeah. And every all this hype is on, and they're going on the road to Louisville, and you're like, Still Louisville's fun. a better team. Florida <laughs> State's not good, and Louisville just like came off of a close game against Notre Dame, where they like it was actually close. It wasn't. There was like not COVID issues going on there. Yeah. That felt great. Uh, that just that was smashed. Louisville giving less than a field goal at home against shitty Florida State. I was thinking it was four and a half, but oh, giving less yeah. than a touchdown. Yeah, yeah, that, that should not have been that low. Um. Any others? I got a couple more. You got any? Go, go ahead. No, I'm, 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 I'm reliving it right now. It's, it feels great. <laughs> okay. Um, so, Michigan versus Minnesota over. This was in the same vein when I, I – it was Big Ten season. I Like, the first Big Ten games were coming. I diagnosed these two. I, and I just knew, like – Minnesota was completely rebuilding on the defense. Don Brown can't stop anybody. Can't stop a good offense. Minnesota's offense is pretty good. And this over just smashed. I think it hit in the first half. And then the other one, I didn't actually push any money on it, but it was great to win this argument with Santu. Uh, ECU plus 13 and a half. I knew that they were going to like they were doomed for this. SMU was overrated, and he wouldn't believe me on the pod. So he, I said, put it down and. Uh, you know, I won the bet, and they won outright, and they blew them out. They they absolutely blew out SMU. I got another one that was a pod pick that we both had uh, that I think you'll agree was one of our better picks, and it, it kind of goes unnoticed because it was a Mountain West pick. But after our terrible call on Boise State, right, against BYU, we came back. Remember, well, I, well, we didn't think it was that terrible, uh, but yeah, yeah. I mean, we, we picked them plus three and a half. They lost yeah, by yeah, 100 yeah, points. Yes, yes. We, instead of being turned off by Boise, we came back the next week, back to them minus 13 and a half against Colorado State, who had just beaten Wyoming in the border war. And we were like, that's not enough points. Boise State is going to be hungry and is going to roll them. And we were dead right. Boise yes. State beat them by 31. That was a good That was a, that was, that was a good pick. That was a hell of a pick to not get turned off. We've got some great. We got some good. We got some good. We got something to build on the next year. It's really easy. It's much better. Yeah, forget about the balance. Look at the good ones. You're like, damn, we really had that peg. I'm scrolling through to see if there are any others that I was really proud of. But NC State plus 11.5 on Friday night against Miami was a fun one. I mean, it is what it is. You know, it was a year of college football, but. There are some there are some good calls in here that I'm, I'm I'm very proud of, and uh, some bad ones. But you know, flush those down the toilet. 
Anything else, Kyle, on these picks? We want to do some some final game of the year type stuff, yeah. and we can look at look at the next year. All right. Um, first, what game? What result surprised you the most throughout the season? Like, if you thinking back to every single game, what was the most surprise? And now thinking now, so what was the most surprising result. Go ahead. I gotta say, Maryland just dogging. Penn State really threw me off. Like, first, uh, I mean, honestly, both of those Maryland games, when Maryland beat Minnesota, that really surprised me. Mm -hmm. But then the fact that they followed up by beating Penn State handily, that threw me for a whole other loop. The the combination of the two completely, like, changed my perception. And that really fucked me up. I had no idea what was going on. Um, Let's see. For me, um... Let me think. What surprised me? I mean, Kansas State beating Oklahoma. I mean, thinking back now, how in the hell did Kansas State beat Oklahoma? Oklahoma. Well, that was before they had. I understand, but Oklahoma closed the year as one of the top five teams in the yeah. country. Kansas State beat them for the second year in a row. With the, and they had that was. Scott yeah, we thought we were thinking game. it was going to be a revenge game, but that was when Skylar Thompson was still in. Um. Michigan State beating Northwestern also pretty surprising to me. Uh, I thought I, I thought I know you Florida. Go ahead. Uh, wait, wait, what was that? I was going to say I, th- I know you like you talked me off of Northwestern because of, they don't have the athletic. Oh yeah, yeah. To run, yeah. Um, yeah, I thought. What was I going to say? Very really surprising. Yeah, Florida losing to Texas A&M was very like that line was six, but that that shook up my perception because I was very surprised they lost that game. Really, that was the that was the first game where you started to realize just how bad Florida's defense was. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. That's really it for for most surprising games. What was, uh, in your opinion, the the best game of the year? I mean, this yeah. is going to be pretty pretty obvious for me. I, I think I think most people would agree this is the game of the year. Yeah. Uh, Notre Dame versus Clemson, double overtime, classic. Notre Dame finally gets the win over. Number one ranked team stormed the state, stormed the field. Uh, it looked lit. Uh, that that was just an insane game. I was watching that with my dad and my brother, and my mom came down for a little bit to watch it. I mean, like it starts off electric. Kyron Williams breaks a sixty-five yard run. We're like, finally, we're not going to get shut out in one of these games. Yeah. We're actually going to score points. <laughs> and then, I mean, you get a stop. We're up 10-0. There's the Jeremiah Wusukoromoa getting a uh, fumble. I guess it was like a pick six. Bounce off ETM, yep. takes that to the house. It, it had everything. I mean, there was that – Ian Book fumbles the ball in the end zone, and you go, oh, no, here we go again. Another game where we lose. They come – they take the lead with three minutes left. Notre Dame gets a – the ball's thrown to Skronik. Clear PI. They pick up the flag. Yep. And then on fourth down, it sails over his head and – it Clemson takes over with like two minutes left. The game is over. You get a stop. There's like 50 seconds left, and somehow Book hits Avery Davis down the seam, touchdown, overtime. Then Clemson scores on the first play of overtime. Notre Dame drives out, scores. They score again. They take the lead, and it wasn't until that first sack mm-hmm. on Clemson's possession where I actually thought we had a chance to win the game. Hmm. Yeah, get that sack. Then they get the second sack. The place is going wild. There's no more social distancing. COVID has stopped to exist in South Bend, Indiana. And 
knock them off. Yeah, that was in the same game. That was the game of the year. Um, the number two for me, Indiana Penn State. That was a wild game. It's also great to be on Indiana. It was on US. We were on Indiana plus six and a half or whatever. But that was a wild, wild game. Indiana with a wild comeback. Michael Penix announced himself to the world with his crazy play. With it. He, and he sucked all game. And then he had this amazing, like, three consecutive drives in the fourth quarter to, to tie the game and then win it in overtime with his wild two-point conversion. It showed Tom Allen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tom Allen just Tom Allen got, like, a ton of recognition yep. for that. The, the head coach with guts. So that would be my number two game of the year behind our name Clemson. All right. Um, last thing. This is more of an off-season type thing. Your favorite coaching hire heading into next season. What do you have? What's on your – what do you think? I really like Sark. I love Sark. I Very think great. Sark is a – very good coaching hire for Texas. Yeah. I think Texas may finally be bad. You think? Maybe. Not this year, but I, I think Sark has the potential. But He's a genius offensive mind. How good their offense, or Alabama's offense is, and you've got to have talent. And he's, yeah, he's going to recruit talent. Amen. Like, yeah, I I really think they're gonna, that, that was an insane hire. I agree. Um, I think he's going to be fantastic. I think it's interesting that that's what you chose as number one because I'm. Gonna... I mean, well, this yeah, I, I was I was leaning more at coaching, but yeah, we can. No, I wasn't gonna. I wasn't even going there. Oh, where are you gonna go? Barkley is Vanderbilt. Oh, well, that is also an insanely good hire for Vanderbilt. Yeah, do you want? I feel like you're you're more equipped to talk about. Yeah, that. I, I like I've been beating the same drum for a long time. Uh, Clarkley. As an insanely... I thought that's where you were going to go first, and I was going to have the Sark one. <laughs> <laughs> I stole it from you. <laughs> um, yeah, Clark Lee, just a great person, great coach, yep. and all the players love him, and he's leaving their name on good terms. Just like, I think Vanderbilt has the potential to be the Northwestern of the SEC. Yep. It's going to be it's gonna be harder because Absolutely. the SEC is better, yeah. but... All of the hires he's making, he's getting loud. The SEC East is better than the Big Ten West. Yeah, yeah. All right. All in all, the SEC is still better. But I mean, Ole Miss did beat Indiana. Yeah. (laughs) He's getting lateral moves. Wisconsin's D-line's coming. He's got Syracuse special teams coordinator. He's got Louisville's running back coach. But he's taking great coaches. And, yeah, he's just – like, he makes such good in-game adjustments – Forward thinking. I'm interested to see who their offensive coordinator coordinator hire is. Yep. But I like I would be shocked if Clark Lee failed. Yeah. I agree. I think he's gonna do a great job. And I think a great job at Vanderbilt is seven and five, eight and four, seven and five, like potential I, for an eleven and one. Yeah, I think the worst case scenario for Clark Lee is that he's good enough to Never be fired from Vanderbilt, but not good enough to get another job. And I think the best case scenario is he's like can keep moving up from Vanderbilt, or he doesn't want to take another job because yeah. it's his alma mater, yeah. like Pat Fitzgerald. Like I would be very surprised if Clark Lee got fired. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, if he's successful, he's got he's he's got Pat Fitzgerald written all over him. Yeah, um, he really does. That's what that's all I keep thinking about. All right, that'll do it for. Well, also, we gotta mention Marcus Freeman, man. Oh, did we not mention that last week? Did we not talk no, about no, that? No, no, no. I don't think we did. Marcus Freeman, the great, great, great hire out mid LSU shows the world to spend some money finally. 
Uh, yeah, it's, uh, I'm, I'm hyped. I'm hyped about it. It's it's great to not miss a beat losing Clark Lee because honestly, this hire could could have been down south. Like Clark Lee is such a good defensive coordinator. It shows that Notre Dame is absolutely committed to competing for a national championship. Yeah. Brian Keller said we're gonna keep banging until they let us in. Well, probably not next year. You're in, but yeah, we're like we're gonna win. Yeah, probably not next year. Next year's a bit of rebuilding year. Final episode of the Hook and Ladder podcast for the football season. Uh, Stay tuned for updates. Um, We're gonna be spending. We may be having some college basketball stuff. Uh, I'm sure we'll definitely do some. At the very minimum, we'll definitely be involved with some NCAA tournament shit. But but the off season is going to be spent. Promoting and uh, branding and really trying to build on what we started this yeah. year. So, any final words, Colin? I we mean, wrap it we, up? Made it, we made it through an entire we season from week one yep. till the championship. I don't, we never missed an episode. I think that's pretty impressive. Yep. Uh, and thank and, you guys for listening. Yeah, damn straight. Uh, and most weeks, two episodes a week. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we're very proud of it. Um, we're only going up from here. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. All right. Uh, for Colin O'Donnell, I'm Justin Santu. That's Hopefully we'll make you a little more money next year. Yeah, huh? we'll be better next year. We'll make ourselves a little yeah. more money. Uh, Hook and Ladder podcast. Um, rate, review. Yeah, rate, review, and subscribe. The uh, the episode, the season, we're all, we're all done. Peace out. See ya. Cool.